Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to Stationery. We really, really appreciate it. I uh, just want to let you know that uh, because of our limited technical abilities, some of the audio in this next episode may be a little hard to hear at times, and other times it's going to be really, really loud. So, fair warning. Sorry about that. We're working on it. Hopefully it'll be better, but hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the Sipsionary. Welcome, welcome. welcome. We, what, what just happened? Whoa. Whoa. I need to be turned down. All right. Yeah, probably. Ooh. Rest in peace, headphone listeners. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome into the Sipsionary. We have uh, really a great podcast lined up for you today. We have uh, some guests, very special guests with special us. We guests. have you know, Todd. We, ne- we never have not so special guests. We have we have some average guests. <laughs> we. Who? We, we, who have we had? We're not going to like, name. This is not a special guest. Like, are we going to say this? No, they're hey, all. This, they're all. This special. one, guys. This is not a special guest. guest. I say a solid C plus guest today. No, no. Not today we've not hey, had. Hey, we have not had a C plus guest. We, in my book. In, ask my mom about my grades in high school. In eleventh grade. In eleventh grade, my algebra. People don't even know who these guys are. Doesn't matter. As a special student. And C plus was the best I could do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you just that, do the best you can do, Todd. Yes, I'm Todd Perkins, <laughs> pastor of East North, North Church, Church. In Greenville, South Carolina. Welcome in, Welcome. Todd. So Welcome glad to have Todd. you. Good to so have you. glad to have you. I, I am Ethan Perkins, and if you're listening, very similar voices. This is my brother Todd. We have. Pretty close to the same voice. We might have to say Ethan here, Todd here. I am also a pastor at East North Church. I lead the worship uh, and do other stuff with fun productions, video, fun time things. All around uh, good good dudes and close friends. So they they have uh, a lot of meaning in, in my heart and in Quentin's heart. Um, so, you know, in our journey throughout ministry life, they kind of scooped us up and set us on our church planning path. Uh, that we're on now. So we spent a good two years, uh, two and a half years or so with them uh, living in a rat infested parsonage. That was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> that so I helped many... paint. You did. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you like seriously, because they wouldn't do it. Like you guys, you guys, you put my son in this rat hole. It was so great. And I had to go in and actually clean it up and hey, I lived help there get them. Were so. you guys, so you, was, it are the you the reason hole, the rats yeah, are there? I might have made were it you guys it. there when the sewage was no. That, were you living there no. when the sewage came back me. flooded? No. Back? no. That was, no, that no. was us because, yeah, remember, we were up here that weekend, and we didn't oh, even get the right. joy of cleaning. Like, people no. were cleaning our, your poop, sewage. Our, cleaning our poop your off literal. of our stuff in the basement. Oh, nasty. They, like, the church guys were like, we got to go do this. And so yeah. they, they did it. I there for that. It was amazing. Wow. Was so amazing. Like, I am glad that they were willing to do that because doing that by yourself, you would have lost your salvation there's you know just, what, there's you know just what the church way. says? But with a group no of guys, it was that, funny. That's really a waste. There's just no way. We the, that's a waste. We at the church that say waste. that we're number one in the number two business. Oh, so good grief. <laughs> and and to be honest, though, like th- this is where I'm saying like how people get along in their life without a church body, I'll just, I'll mm. never know. Because like you, yeah. you experience stuff like that and you're just right. like, how do people well, do it in life? Or like a okay. goose running into a gate. Yeah. How do people do it in life? What do you do if you don't have... I hope everyone knows that story. There's a lot of people who do and a lot of people who don't. Yeah. Um, An amazing, 
amazing story about a goose flying into a fence and uh, well, my, my dog having some. Let's fun get with back it. to why. Why are these guys here? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> so it doesn't matter why we, they're here. We're, we're going like, all over because all we're all good friends. Honduras and back, and, and then let's just talk about yeah, what, what right. we're doing here. So, so right. they are here uh, really to be a part of the life of our church, Good Shepherd Bible Church. Uh, they're already a, a part of it in unique ways, and they're coming up just to preach and to lead worship for us. Our people are so excited uh, about them coming up because they've they've only like heard of you guys. And they pretty much, it's like, you know, Paul and Barnabas rolling into Gentile territory. Like, this is Zeus and Hermes. Well, I'm like, chief essentially. of sinners, so I'm good. <laughs> I was going to say, who's Paul? In that? Chief of sinners. Which one's so there's a, there's a lot of respect, uh, and it's good that the people get to see a face to to the name there. No um, pressure. But they're also, no, it'll just be you guys. That's It'll be great. But at the same time, like, they're here to just hang out with us, and we're here, here to hang out with them, and we hope to be mutually encouraging to one another. So we have a lot of things lined up uh, for this weekend. We're just going to have a lot of fun. And part yeah. of it is we wanted them to be on the podcast and yeah. just talk about kind of what God's doing in their own heart and ministry, and you, you guys can get to know them. Yeah, one of the things I think we are celebrating is kind of a um, churches planning churches yeah. celebration, yeah. Um, church partnership, just two, three different churches kind of huddling together just yeah. to say, hey, this is what we can do, um, and hopefully with the, with the idea of somewhere down the road doing more right. of it. Um, I know there's huge needs up here to, to, to plant more churches. And, of course, we all know that Greenville actually needs one more church, right? <laughs> they, I mean, need, the, well, they need they one more one. good church. Yeah, I was going to say, they, <laughs> they do. Oh, my god. They goodness. really do. And Todd, I, I, Todd and Ethan, I, I wanted you guys both to talk because you guys minister in, in a, a pretty unique context. It is the Bible Belt. I mean, it is mm. every person is, mm-hmm. is church to some degree, it seems, down there. Yeah. Um, how, how is it ministering a clear gospel in the middle of such a churched area? Like yeah. how, how is that? Like how does that affect I don't your know ministry? The greater, I, I'm learning, but like Louisville has that same kind of ethos as well. Um, with, with the church population, but right. Greenville, cause, and it's part of, cause I just, we grew up in there, but like churches literally on every block yeah. and, yeah. and it, well, everyone comes to start another church. They want to fix Greenville. Flannery O'Connor said that the South is church saturated, but Christ haunted. Oh, and I think that's oh, probably wow. like the best way to capture what I experience and what people coming into our church tell us. Now, it can also just be like that we get the people that have this experience. So, like, I, mm. I, it's hard to like kind of like know for sure because I'm I'm not visiting all the churches. I don't have time right. to do that. Right. And like, that's not what we're gonna do. But what I hear people say, I mean, we just had a joint uh, community friendsgiving dinner where two different community groups we, we hosted and just hang, hung out and had three different people who's not in our group because this is the same kind of story in our group. And <clears throat> and the story is like we we went to these churches. Uh, I'm going to pause here and, and say something that I like to say about my experience of churches in the South. Hmm. And I use the example of uh, the Where's Waldo effect. And so hmm. uh, if you're familiar with the Where's Waldo book, yep. Waldo's on the cover. He's got the name on the cover. But you open it up and you can't find him, even though you're looking for him. Hmm. And you spend all of your time sort of like scanning, looking, <clears throat> and there's a lot of stuff and there are things that look like him, but it's not him. And you just keep going and keep going. And then one day, or whatever, that depends on how keen you are on the, on the looking of <laughs> right, the Where's right. Waldo. Yeah. Yeah. You, you find them and you're like, there he is, there he is, there he is. And then the moment you found them, you, you sort of self-congratulate and then you turn the page. 
and you get lost again. You start all over again. So Jesus is <laughs> wow. like that in most churches to me in the South. Wow. He's on the cover. It, you know, he's always on the name or in, you know, it part of the dialogue, but then you go and you're like, but where's Jesus? Yeah. Where, where is yeah. the gospel? Wow. Where is good news? I'm hearing all kinds of different things that are, it's, it's not like they're not preaching out of the Bible. Everybody is. They're using the Bible, but sort of, well, they're using the Bible. They're well, using the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but they're not necessarily <laughs> painting a picture of Jesus. That's clear. Like what I've tried to say is like, all right, so that's, the unfortunate experience at most churches in the South, it's, it's sort of a where's Waldo effect. And, and he'll pop up once a year at Easter. I remember that growing mm, up. Yeah. Like hearing, hearing the gospel at Easter, it was like, whoa, this is, this is like, that was the best Sunday we've ever had. But we move quickly away from it into like, now let's get into, into yeah, deeper, now let me tell you what deeper to do. weeds yeah. or whatever. Let's get like, into the not, meat. Yeah. Like, that, exactly. was, that was milk and bread. Right. Let's so get into the meat. The, the thing that I've tried to contrast, Mona, uh, uh, Where's Waldo, is Mona Lisa. So it's like, hmm. like we want to be a Mona Lisa church hmm. where, where it's like, it's gritty, it's simple, but it's beautiful. I don't know why I keep staring at it. The more I stare at it, the more I see Hmm. I, it, like I can't I don't know I can't it's sort of haunting at the same time like I don't know what your experience if you've ever like yeah we've actually I've actually been there and I'm going mm. like so why why is this so special because yeah. just this but kind of this homely lady just sitting there with a deadpan look yeah. and I'm like but you yeah but everybody right. everybody but, but yeah. looking, like everybody in yeah. that in that room was just yeah. quietly looking at her well, and it's I'm sort like, of like the, what's going the, on uh, mm. the unassuming mm. nature yeah of Jesus and the gospel at the end of the day that wows you and attracts you and keeps being the thing that you keep going back yeah. to and going like, I need to look at that again. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so that, that's, that's, and I would say, I would say example. just coming from the South, you know, I grew up there and, and coming here up to, up to Columbus, the same is true here. I mean, I only, I would say um, if I could change the idea from churches to religion, so we have yeah. we have yeah. a lot of religious people up here. In fact, we have some of the big name um, uh, what's heresy his teachers yeah. here. What's his face? Like, yeah, Ron you know, Parsley. Yeah, Rod Parsley. Who's Sage Rosemary and Time has choked the spiritual life out of people. Uh, we have a couple other churches that would. I mean, like people will come and um, they'll, they'll come and they're just kind of shaking their head. And it's just kind of a where's Waldo thing here, but they hmm. they too have heard of Jesus, but not at all the gospel that actually saves them. Yeah, and and that's the that's the focus here. And um, you know we, so I, I I understand what you're saying there, and it, but it it's it's everywhere, but it seems to be like very strong in the South. Yeah, because yeah. because they're supposedly you know Baptist churches or they're supposedly you know, some sort of mainline denominational churches. There's a clear cultural presence there is. for Christianity in general or Protestantism in general. Yeah. As, as so and everybody's saved. saved. Everybody's my, saved. my experience was, so I got to... So this is Ethan. Yeah, this is Ethan. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my experience was uh, getting my first ministry job outside of a church I grew up in, with my dad being a pastor as well, was in California. And it was in Marin hmm. County, California. Oh, where is which that? Is, where is that? Uh, right outside of San Francisco. Oh, okay. And it is the most liberal town hmm. in America. Um, in fact, it's 96% non-religious. No one has Whoa. their atheist or they just don't do anything. 
Of that 4%, only about you got, 2%. You've got people like Sean Penn. Oh, yeah. Who are the other neighbors in that? Robin Williams, when he was alive. Oh, oh yeah. There. Sean Penn. Uh, Did you mow his grass? George Lucas is like right. George Lucas and all of Star Wars was in Marin County. That's what? where it got started. So hugely liberal town. But what I loved was if me working at a church, I could go to somebody and they go, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I, I'm a youth director at a church. A church? Oh, that's interesting. And I would go, yeah, what What do you know about Jesus? And they would go, nothing. I mean, I don't know, know who he is, but I don't know. And it was so refreshing to have mm. conversations like yeah. that. Um, and so the the fight was not, I have to de- demystify whatever you think about yeah. Jesus and yeah. give you the real Jesus. It was, oh, we can start from scratch. And that was beautiful. And so when I, we, when I moved to Greenville to plant with Todd, uh, I thought, well, maybe this will be kind of nice because it's mm. south and we know the south and this will be. Um, but there is an old axiom about planting churches, which is you plant your church in front of the gates of hell. So most mm. people would go, oh, Seattle or like Miami, these rough, like places where it's really bad. Sin City. And I would say <clears throat> the, the gate of hell is not those that are doing so evil and wrong it's those they think they got it and they that's don't. Right. well that's yeah. what jesus that's said i mean yeah. good night i and i don't i don't like who who was it that came up with that i don't know i and wish i knew what I did they look it up well what did they mean by that because i agree with you it's just like who gets to decide where the churches are going to be planted and then who gets to also decide what really is evil yeah yeah i i just was so blown away with the the uh, conversation with people in Greenville being, oh, so you go to church. Uh-huh. You've grown up in church. Yep. Tell me about the gospel of Jesus. And they would go, uh, uh, well, Jesus Christ died on the cross, saving from sins, and uh, died for, I, I, for And you're like, I don't I know if you know what you're saying. Yeah, when like, I was 12. Yeah, and yeah. you got baptized, but I don't think you know the good news of the joy and the the weariness relieving power of Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And, that's, right. and that, yeah. that's what you're talking about. Where yeah. It's like, man, you got to untangle all these wires yeah. before you can even really get to anything. And so that's been, to me, seven years in Greenville of, man, uh, it's a bit of a mess. And I, I actually love that our church is, uh, it's an ER. <laughs> it's not a country club. Yes. It is yeah. an ER yeah. and people right. come in and they've got scars and wounds and they're right. not well. So <laughs> many people yeah. come in stating either up front or after we find out and they've hung around for a while that we're their last effort at a church. Mm -hmm. Wow. As in like we've been, we've had so much whatever crazy in our experience of churches that many, so many of them have said, you guys were our last, we weren't going to try after this. We came in there thinking I'll, I'll come here and I'll see, but I don't think we're going to do this anymore. Because everywhere they went, going back to y'all's last episode on uh, mm. legalism, antinomian, right. everywhere they went, what they got was the burden of Christian ethic and yeah. morality yeah. and expectation. It, it's very much a do more, try harder world, mm-hmm. very much a just do it yeah. world. Treadmill. treadmill. Yeah, treadmill, climb the ladder biblically. Uh, and... And it's not just in the church. What happens is these churches are actually fairly successful at training up people to embrace that ethos. Yeah. One guy... Oh, there's yep. the there's the hour of pound. That's, that's round one. Is round that, one. Okay, we'll get ready for round two here in just a moment. <laughs> People, the, 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 the audience, I think they're used to it. If you're listening to our podcast, you just 
Your grandfather clock. The, the grandfather clock. Now we get to hear it ring 11 times. 11 times. Because that's what time it is. It's, it's, it's 11. I think every time this rings in the podcast, y'all should just take a break and be like, oh, it's time for the bell and just step away. Just submit to it. Just be like, just be like. Well, and honor it. Yeah, honor it. Respect, respect. respect the bell. Grandfather bell. Right. Okay, it's done. All right, now. I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> it was really good, though. No, but no, the, you're the last stop. You That's enough time. I think I, you're the last stop I a lot of times. I think that what you're seeing is any community you go into is a, is a mission field that has its own view of God mm. and its own baggage. Every because like, So we've helped plant churches in eight different areas of our country. Okay. And when you start looking at every time we've gone in, <clears throat> I remember in, in California when we started a church and you start realizing the, the, the wonkiness of all that's going on in California and you're going like, Whoa, this is, this is some serious baggage, but it's just in a different realm. Yeah. Same thing in Colorado. Everybody on the weekends is doing what they're bowing down, worshiping creation they're out, they're out walking, doing hikes and all this kind of stuff. And this is what like Todd and Chris has struggled with in many ways. Like it's hard to get people committed because there's, they're going out here. There's always something so to do. when we got up here, yeah. <clears throat> the beauty of the Midwest is this honesty similar to what you saw in California, but they do have a strong, um, other religion. Yeah. That's there's, attached to it. That, that there's lots of things from. to be about not named Jesus yeah. here. And yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that because in many ways, like I remember when we first found East North Church, you know, we, we weren't done with Christianity, certainly. We weren't even really done with the church, but we were bewildered. We, we didn't really know. Bewitched. That too. Bothered. Bothered. We, we didn't know, like, in, especially in Greenville, because again, I, you know, I grew up there as well. I wasn't expecting to find hope in Greenville. I wasn't. And we weren't until Todd literally like invited us and said like, Hey, we have an ER bed for you. Like come, come and, and rest and get healthy. Um, and God slowed our heart rate down enough to, to go do that. And I'm thankful for that. Eternally grateful for it. Sometimes but. like I've said this many times to our, our people on Sunday in front of all of them, I, I have needed this church more than maybe they did. Because yeah. I, I was on that deathbed, if you will, going. Todd invited me and my family to move to Greenville with no job, nothing, and we were just in a bad enough situation where it sounded like a good idea. But like we we went, and my statement to Todd was, if this, if the gospel of grace and good news in Jesus isn't really what church is about, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm just done. And so seven years on, I go, I I cannot step away from this because I know what's out there. Yeah. So I, I know the other churches out there and this, I need this every single Sunday. I right. need the, ER. maybe, maybe one day I'll get quote unquote healthy enough yeah. to, to not need the ER bed. But I'm like, I don't think I will. Yeah. I so think there's Ethan, people walking around with open wounds. That yeah. Need talk, right. I, I, I don't mean to, to, to stop no, you, but, but like talk a little bit because I think there's people maybe listening who, who would in the back of their minds, say I'm done. What is it that you're done with? What is it that that's driving you to say I'm done? Done with And I'll what? actually I'll actually sharpen the pitch of the question a yeah. little bit cuz I know one of the things that like as Todd was helping us like you blew blew our minds with is that there's a difference between gospel doctrine and gospel culture. Yeah. Um so if you can speak into that idea as well. 
So not, not as good as Ray Orton. Yeah, yeah. that's you that's should right. listen to that right. podcast. Push as well. to not that. that anyone would listen to any other podcast. That's right. But, that's right. Um, they shouldn't. But <laughs> so well, hey, let me. What's the name of that? podcast you're not uh, crazy you're, you're not, not crazy. crazy ray ortland sam Alberry, sam Alberry. Mm. and they are talking through the difference between both are valuable both are necessary gospel doctrine gospel culture mm. and it's it's very helpful but so so for me i would say my issue was gospel culture i i i understand doctrine i grew up in the church i've been on staff at several churches i was a part of a very large acts 29 church um, that uh, I won't get into all that, but like the the culture of what church had become for me was a business. It was you won't you don't matter that much. You're just part of this cog right. in a wheel. Right. And the talk about where's Waldo? I it, I was experiencing firsthand. I'm I'm the I'm just gonna think like I'm the guy at the beach lifting weights in the Where's Waldo picture. That's all I was. I was that guy with the dumbbells on the beach that doesn't even look like Waldo, yeah. and could you you don't even glance at him. That's how I felt wow. on staff at a church. Yeah, and I was at a point uh, in total uh, mentally breaking down to go. I can't do that church anymore. Yeah, I can't be a part of a church that's fake and wants to push. An attitude of you know the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what and I'm was, like, what I don't was feel fake, that, man. What was fake about that? Was the was the fakeness the fact that you personally weren't weren't cared for? You personally yeah, maybe uh, maybe even used. My story would take a long hour to, <laughs> well, yeah, to get it, into, but just encapsulate it. It, it. I I had been uh, I grew up in the church, part of my dad's church. Enjoyed some of that. Went off to California. Really loved that, but needed to move on. There were some doctrinal issues uh-huh. that weren't working for me there. Um, and then got part of a big church uh, that chewed me up, spitted me out. Yep. And and it, it damaged me, uh, and I don't mind saying this at all, it damaged me to the point that I'm in counseling now because of that experience. Seven years passed, I'm still not well with all the things going on there. And that... Mm. that Oh, this is what church is. This is what the Americanized church has become. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, it's a machine. I, I can't be part of this. Yeah. And the joy came in, not come be part of East North church in Greenville. It, the joy came in first. That's not the gospel. Here's the good news of the yeah. gospel. Jesus has yeah. done for you what you can't do for yourself. He set you free. Go and rest right. and enjoy life in that. Yeah. Um, and that was such. Well, and enjoy people. Yeah, in that, which I that wasn't. Right, yeah. People, I no, you can't. How right. could you? Yeah. And so, like that, that good news was like, I've heard the doctrine and the understanding of biblical text and diving. I've heard that all my life, but this new page of the culture that you should be having as a community that sees you in your weakness and yeah. loves you and yeah. points you to Jesus and go, hey, me too. I'm just yeah. like that, and not, hey, you don't live up to the standard of who we are. Right. So get out. Right. Um. And hmm. with this church, but they'll never say that. You understand? Well, well you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and that, um, well, again, I, 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 yeah, I but I'm saying they would it, never admit that. They, they would, would never come you, up and yeah. go like, "Oh, this is what we're doing. We're telling you." If, if you were to accuse them of being graceless well, and Christless, they would be like, "Some context." You might have to sign a sheet of paper saying this is what we. Some context. they will do that. And in some context, it's a little bit different because what they'll do is they'll say like, well, we wouldn't do that to a member of our church, but we we're going to do it to the staff. To a staff means more. So so like the, like it goes back to legalism. Like it goes back to the difference between like, what are you valuing and what becomes sort of like the thing that 
I mean, to, to me, you're, you have to have a perspective on the input of the gospel to have the output of the gospel that's Sorry. authentic. Yeah. And too much of it becomes checked at a certain door where mm-hmm. it's like, well, grace only goes so far. Yeah. Like, you, you can't just let people get away with everything. Yeah, and, and that's... And, and in spite of like, well, we don't... Nobody ever... Honestly, nobody gets away with anything. That's I right. think that's like right. a life lesson. Nobody gets yeah. away with anything. Right. But grace is for undeserving people. And so like what that means is like God, his kindness, his grace leads us to repentance. Right. And so if we really believe that for ourselves, then that's the kind of world we have to operate in as pastors yep. that are administering yeah. the gospel where we are going like, who do I have in front of me? Uh, well, couple of being theological it's like well i've got a sinner uh i've also got i've got a person who's been saved by the blood of jesus so his grace is sufficient for that person right they're making mistakes either known or unknown and more than likely in a scenario where you're pastoring them it's a known sort of thing something's there and so like what is my job and i think that's where the rubber meets the road on whether or not you're going to be a gospel culture in your response because if you're looking at this person who's done any number of sins that are par for the course for humanity, if your response is only to show them how they've broken the rules, talk to them about how guilty they are, deal with them based on shame and condemnation until they straighten up and get better. If, if that's the sort of like the exit ramp that you take, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you're, you're not actually administering grace yeah that's right like one of the most gracious things i ever experienced pastorally uh and i was on staff at a church the same church and i i had i had some sin that i was sort of like i needed to confess this sin and i was sort of awkward about it because i was a little Mm. embarrassed because here i am supposed to be a pastor and supposed to be an example pastors don't sin you know and i was like "Ah, but i need (laughs) to do this i know i need to do this so i I got enough courage up and i was like okay i'm gonna tell I'm going to tell the pastor that's over me, I'm going to confess this sin. And so I put it on the table and I was ready for like, even you're going to lose your job. Yeah. Like I was ready for a threat. I was ready for a, uh, the, the law to be put on the table. That uh-huh. Like thou shalt not, you know, why did you do the thing? Thou shalt not. Yeah. And his response to me was, okay, I just want you to know it's okay. I, I'm hearing you confess this. And which means it tells me, you know, that it's not something you want in your life. And of course the Bible would say not to do that thing. And we agree, but I want you to know it's okay because we're all sinners and we need, we need grace. And for me, that was like the polar opposite of what I had experienced in uh, my experience of religion, which included things like previous churches, previous pastoral leadership, or even ministries, parachurch ministries mm. that I'd been a part of, yeah. which, I mean, like most college ministries are heavy-handed on, like, accountability. And right, like, right. Do the right thing. So, like, I, I, that was, for me, like, one of the first times that I experienced gracious pastoral engagement. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I think Jesus' response is the best response when people are caught in sin. Yeah. And, and that is, like, your sins are forgiven. Whew, good. That, mm. What a relief. Uh, go and send no go more, send which no is more. just like, yeah. I mean, he didn't even go deep into conversation. He was so, just like, don't so, do that again. <laughs> so what, what, yeah. what is it about these scenarios that, that covers and masks that kind of graciousness and then begins to push sinners literally away from the door of, of God's 
gracious forgiveness. Like what are, what are some of the things that infiltrate a, a church body and a church philosophy that really pushes people away from that? I, I think we went write a book on this. I want to yeah, say no one, thing, one well, thing that I would notice is the literally the stage, the elevation of like this. The, the original idea behind an elevated pastor was so he could be heard. But what we've done is create a culture of a laser show right. that says these are the good people with the talent to to talk to you. And what uh, I continually with. Uh, the band that I use in the church, for better or worse, I don't. I'm not too concerned with your talent. I'm more concerned with where you are in a heart of humility. Yeah. Going, I want to help lead yeah. people. So when 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 I put people in the band and they sing and their voice isn't the best, and then somebody goes, "Well, I know this person did this sin," I'm like, "Well, you should see the guy leading them." Right. And I think that <laughs> that is what we've done. We've done the opposite to hurt people to go, yeah. "Oh." To go to church, to be part of your community, I have to be like that guy on stage. Yeah. And I have to live up to that standard. And the truth is that guy's not living up to his own standard right. or your standard or any standards. And so the leveling of the playing field is what, mm. and like mm. to say this is one thing, to do it is a whole nother. Um, and by the way, this doesn't mean an explosion of growth in churches. No, 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 no. <laughs> it means you're going to deal with, like when you when you call yourself an ER church, right? And people come in with a, a shotgun wound. They don't come in and go, well, I, I got shot in the stomach. It hurts. I just, <laughs> you know, just when you can get to me. They are freaking out and right. they're yelling at you. Mm. Don't touch me. Don't do that. And you you have to deal with these people. And sometimes the hardest thing is you you you, you help them. You heal them. They mm. get better. A year later, they're walking and running. And then they go, I'm going over here. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you're healthy now. You, you can you don't need the ER anymore you can go out and go yeah. do and that hurts as a pastor sure it does but it also is a joy to go man I hope we have Im, imputed the gospel into these people enough that they now can go wherever they're gonna go like Ohio and plant <laughs> and do such good things that yeah. you're like man we came in with a limp and now they're walking out and they're running and they're going to lead the gospel and and that's that's what I get excited about not a church that grows yeah but a church that helps the wounded and the sick. Cause I, I really think that's what Jesus was doing. Absolutely. Was helping those that were completely broken to walk and then say, and you know, go and say no more. Not if you do this again, it, it's a freedom or the, the assumption of, well, just go live it up. Like, like again, no one actually is saying that. No one, no actually one says that, right. Well, if you have a no, shotgun wound, time. chances are. Anyway, um, well, we're going to take a break. Um, there's so much more to say. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back and finish with the devotional. From our break, wow, we are, we are loose, a, loose and limbered. That was, a, that was a long break. Actually, it was. It was, Ethan, it was a good break. Good work getting your getting your hammies loose. We got a hike coming up. So. I know we got a hawking hawking hill. Hawking hill. Hawking. I thought it was like, like a bird. Hawking. No, it's hawk. So I looked up Steve Hawkins. Hawkins. 
And it was like, do you mean Google? You know, Google's so mean. They were like, do you mean Hawken Hill? Like, like, I was so, like, I said it the same way, Google. It's like a hawker, right? Did you spit it out? Yeah. Loogie Hill. Loogie Hill. Right there in Appalachia, right next to West Virginia. Well, good. Well, uh, just to continue some of the thought, you guys, like we, we did a lot of, in one sense, kind of deconstruction of church right. life right. and thought. Uh, what about some positive construction? What, what were you thinking about, Dad? Well, no, I just think, I think, I think it's very, very important that we understand that when we, when we are, are, are creating the gospel culture, that there's a real positive aspect of that too, in that you, you allow people to own their sin, you allow people to live in repentance, and you begin to develop a, uh, what, I, what we call here, grace gives space mentality of, you know, you don't have to be where I am. Um, you're probably not going to be where I am, and I'm probably not going to be where you are. And because of that, I can give you space to, to, to be different. But here's where we're headed. We're, we're headed to the cross, and we're going we're gonna to stay right there. And we can be gracious to one another um, so that when people, you know, spout different politics or spout different views of vaccines or spout, diff- we can come alongside people and go like, hey, so what is God doing in your life? Hey, and how wrong. can I be a part of it? <laughs> rather, than, rather than letting these things, these earthy things, which are not unimportant, but they're not the main thing. Um, a lot of times what we try to do is develop a culture of our own language, our own lingo. We use buzzwords and those kind of things that can come in and diminish a, a culture of gospel and listening to people and hearing them, find out where they are, and then learning how we can take them from point A to point B into their own growth and understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done on their behalf. Yeah. So I think we have to watch our lingo. We have to watch our words that we use, um, not, not recreating things, but just keep going back to, to the gospel and seeing people grow healthy. Mm-hmm. Grace should see people growing healthy. Yeah, that's, like Ethan, that's the I, whole point of it. Yeah, Ethan, I wouldn't want you to, to stay in counseling for seven more years. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I seriously, I'm, I look at that and I go I think like, you'd like to be what? out of it, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you, choice A or B. Yeah, you know, it'd like, be better to not. And I think just that. coming to terms with the greatness of God. And so I want to keep preaching and, and proclaiming God's glory and God's greatness and say, look, 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 here's God. Here's and, God. And nothing <clears throat> accomplishes that more than the gospel yep, where right. we find grace. That's right. And let's, let's just hit, hit all the clarity points. Grace is charis in, in Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the definition of showing God's kindness, love, and favor to undeserving people. Yep. Right. So it's never merited. You guys talked about this before. Like, right, I mean, yeah. like right, this right, is right. a thing. Right. Uh, in Romans, it says God's kindness, which that word is actually charis, so it's grace. It's God's grace that leads us to repentance, yep. and repentance is a transformed, changed life. Yep. Right. So what what's the engine that helps us get to a healthier place? It's the grace of God found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what accomplishes it. Paul tells Timothy, uh, I think it's 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, uh, You then, my child, be mm-hmm. strengthened be by the yeah. grace— that's in Christ Jesus. So what, what can strengthen right. the heart and mind and soul and experience of the believer? It's knowing that even though they fall short of the glory of God, Jesus is there to, to give them the very glory that they could never achieve and, right. and experience themselves. And it's as we see God showing that to us, 
that we become more in love with Jesus, more impressed with Jesus, yeah. and more yeah. motivated to live. And, and more uh, loving to the... Yeah, this is Ethan. <laughs> and more loving to the community around us. Right. And yeah. it it becomes an amazing thing when you have a community that you start going, like you were saying earlier, when others confess. Yeah. It's not, ooh, you're... Right. It, it just becomes a like, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that. I get it. Right. We, we, I've done that or I've been involved with that. Um, you were saying the things about like not creating a culture of like whatever's in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. But like I, I led a community group with a very strong Trump supporter and a very strong Bernie Sanders supporter. Oh, wow. And never once did they get at each other. They yeah. disagreed. They probably did on Facebook. But like in, in each other's company. Or Twitter, because that's, yeah, yeah. that's where it happens. On really in in each happening. other's company, there was always kindness and grace. Not because they, I know these people, they weren't like, well, I shouldn't be rude here. They would have been if they felt like it. But there was a knowledge of, oh, your story is deeper than that because you've already confessed this sin and mm. you told me about mm. this struggle in your life. And I know, I know you beyond whatever you believe or agree with politically and so you can be like that and i can still love you and so the the depth of the community becomes what we're really all looking for it's yeah. not this surface level of you know sometimes you get a, a church where hey how are you doing this morning well i'm good and it's like neither one of you are doing good right <laughs> and you didn't say that but in that depth you learn to love people and even this this is this is what's fascinating to me you learn to really love broken people yeah, right. and be just totally fine with their brokenness, even the ones that annoy you or frustrate you. Why yeah. are you still doing that? Well, I would you go, say especially those who, who annoy yeah. you. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. But it uh, turns out that's that's the only kind of people there are. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the, the frustrating well, that's and, right. and realize... Yeah, you guys have to deal you with know. me. And, and, I'm and, sorry. Yeah. And realize that yeah. you are that's annoying. Right. Yeah. You are Absolutely. annoying to someone else. Yeah, so, that's right. yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's really what makes good. It special. Not Quentin. He's not. Yeah, so anymore. we're gonna yeah, segue. Uh, we've asked Todd to to bring the devotional uh, today, so he's gonna he's gonna wrap us up with a word. I'm, I'll now use the voice that they taught me in seminary. The 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 voice uh, for God turn, voice. Turn in your Bible to Titus chapter well, two. We will talk about girl. So I feel like I should play guitar in the background over it. I really no, had a organ. I really yeah, had organ. a uh, organ. a preaching professor that totally changed his voice. Are you serious? Yeah, like, and, and was yeah. like, and gave A's to everyone that matched his voice. Oh, good. And grief. I did what? not make a good grade because I just was like, okay, well, turn in your Bible. I was like, I'm not doing that. No. Oh, his and voice anyway. is so cheesy. Man. <laughs> All right, listen Bible. up. Uh, if you got a Bible or not, this is Titus two, verse eleven through fourteen, and we're definitely looking at grace and its function and how it sort of like works in our lives. It says this, and remember, this is Paul who's a church planner, who's speaking to Timothy, uh, to Titus, who's an elder in a church, and he's trying to empower this guy to kind of like live out the gospel and make it happen in his church. He says this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. I think everybody's on, on board with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grace, it brings salvation. But verse 2, Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions mm-hmm. and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. That part two, yes, it brings salvation. Grace brings salvation. But it trains us. Grace trains us. So it's the experience of learning how God just relentlessly forgives, loves, accepts, uh, and just offers restoration to us that we begin to figure out, oh, that's what life is supposed to feel like. Yeah. This constant. And as we do that, remember, out of Romans, that experience of grace 
it's the subtle, unexpected, unconventional mechanism that begins to rewire our heart. That's right. To renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, live self-controlled, upright, godly lives. Uh, there's more. I, I mean, like I could just keep going mm. in Titus because there's so much there. Mm. But that to me, that to me is sort of like what I hope to put on the table to, to feast on week after week as much as possible, whether we're preaching out of an Old Testament narrative or, uh, you know, sort of like more readily available like mm. in Titus 2 where it's like, there it is. Yeah. I, I just try to keep making that the reality. Yeah. And uh, there, there is a sense in which I know, like we've we've actually talked about it a couple of times uh, today. That this experience of deconstruction, mm. I think that's absolutely necessary. Yes, because much of our construction theologically comes from a framework that we received from <clears throat> previous pastors, previous church cultures, or even our family growing up. And deconstruction isn't bad. Yeah. Because it helps you sort of like break down ideas and sort of say like, where have I, where have I unintentionally built up an idea that doesn't actually fit in with what all of scripture is conveying? And I see the idea of God's grace, like in Titus 2, grace is the trainer. Yeah. And nothing teaches you about your need for God, the gift of Christ, and motivates a desire for a different kind of life than receiving grace when you don't deserve it at all. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. that that to me is what uh, I see the Bible, I see sort of like, mm. I don't know how we miss that so often in our churches. Mm. And I don't want to miss it. And if, if that means getting accused of sort of like, you know, Luther, uh, they were like, why do you keep preaching the same thing? And he's like, because you're not listening and you don't understand it and you've yeah. forgotten it. And I got to just keep telling you this thing over and over again. Yeah. No, that's it, it, it's yeah. one of the reasons we we do the same songs. We we don't do a whole lot of whatever the newest song is, um, partly because I don't know the newest, <laughs> but like we we do a lot of the same songs because I'm I think in my head, well, we still aren't living free in this song. Like yeah. we're still and, not able to accept fully this gospel. So I need to we need to have this imprinted into our hearts and yeah. in our head. We end our service. I think you guys do too with the gospel doxology. Yes. Which is just a good reminder of this is what Jesus, this is who you are, this is what Jesus has done for you. Now praise God because of it. And we we sometimes jokingly say at the church, if if the songs didn't preach the gospel well, and if Todd messed up the gospel and didn't preach it well, at the very least, this last minute and a half song will do the job. Sure. This is all we need, and I, we will sing that every Sunday. Because we need it every Sunday. Yeah. It's not, yeah, but when do we get to the good stuff? It's like, this is this the good is the, stuff. This is the good and it's stuff. not going to get any better. Yeah. You can't find anything like this on earth. So let's just keep digging into this over and over. Because again, every time you dig in a little bit to the gospel, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're like, oh my gosh, it doesn't end. Yeah. It just is better and better and better. So Yeah, for me, it's, awesome. just, it's just the constant um, cycle that God gives to us in his, in his grace. He gives us repentance. And faith. So you're mm-hmm. in, in some ways we should be constantly deconstructing, de- deconstructioning our, our thinking of my sin, what I deserve, and constantly I need Jesus. Yeah. Well, so, there's the idea of uh, not not saying like the five points of Calvinism, but like reformed because always reforming. Right. Like yeah. You can yeah. say you're yeah. you're reformed in your faith because you're always reforming it 
because of new things that God has shown you. And that's a good thing. Yeah, it is it's a, good a wonderfully thing. good thing. It's a wonderful thing. thing. Well, thank you guys for joining us hold on this podcast. I got to at least say that I'm disappointed that Quentin wasn't involved in, in every bit of this conversation. Quentin, say hi. He's, You're here, buddy. I don't know if he's been online the whole time. He's been on playing, TikTok. He's been, he's been playing he's been Bubble talking. Pop on his laptop. Hi. Pop. No, I'm, I'm producing it. Oh. So we're good. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm making sure everyone's backtrack music and everything to these moments. Uh, not that well. No, not. <laughs> Have you arranged it to where if you play this podcast backwards? It's oh, don't like do that. Yeah, don't sitting. do that. Don't no, do. I don't know about that. Yeah, but, I'm sure you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, thank you for serving us. Thank that you, way. Quentin. Yeah, yes. thanks, Quentin. I, I, well, thank yeah. you for joining us. If uh, if you have um, enjoyed what you've heard, uh, I would strongly encourage you go on East North church's website give all of your money the <laughs> the widows might uh we don't need to, your money to to we'll east north church stuff, listen yeah. these are these are dear brothers and dear friends and whatever we can do to keep them going on their way uh let's continue to do that certainly pray for them you you all can do that um but thank you for joining us thank you todd and ethan for coming and uh, we'll catch you next time on the Cyptioner. <laughs>